I'm Heather Morrison. On each show, guests share stories from their lives in theater, film, and TV. So grab your tights and tap shoes and meet the geeks in the green room. Our guest on this episode is Carrie Madsen, a true triple threat, nay, multi-threat. While Carrie was a longtime performer growing up in theater in her youth, she scaled back for a while. But when she returned to performing, she leaped with a gusto and single-mindedness that jump-started her career, taking her from the Bay Area to Los Angeles. Besides having an old-fashioned gab about a lot of different stuff, Carrie talked about what it's like to build a career as a mature woman. We had so much to talk about that our interview has now become three episodes. This is the first installment. This episode focuses on Carrie's career before she moved to Lotus Land. So sit back with your favorite beverage and enjoy. Check out the show notes for links and other good stuff we talk about. Well, welcome, Carrie Madsen, to Geeks in the Green Room. <laughs> uh-uh, party up. Oh, my gosh, we're having so much fun. You wish you were here. <laughs> well, you totally would. <laughs> White girl trying to sound like a, okay, let's not go there. (laughs) (laughs) So Carrie, you you were talking to me from your home in Los Angeles. Is that correct? Yes. From my closet in Los Angeles. Let's be clear. (laughs) It's your setup for doing voiceover and dub work. Is that right? Right. Uh, More dubbing. I haven't pursued voiceover for many, many years, but a friend introduced me to the casting director for Netflix. And that has been a steady gig that even through COVID, hence because normally I would go to the recording studio. I've recorded now from my closet, from my mother's closet, and from a small bathroom in uh, Donner Lake. It's kind of like being in a blanket fort, so I sort of like it. Yeah, that's cool. I tried to actually crawl into my closet, and I got so hot. It just <laughs> I'm like, this is not going to work. And I tried to sit on a stool, like one of those plastic step stools, and my and my butt got like a waffle impression. It just, I couldn't balance the pillow on the chair. It just. I'm dying. You so, get it. So, yeah. I was I doing like this it. yoga block combo thing that so I'd wake, I, I'd wake up, I'd get up and my knees would just go creak and I'd go, mm, yeah, maybe not this next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I am facing my closet, hoping that the clothing will help with the sound, but this is a pretty good microphone. I sat in a different part of the room and I was going to, but my computer got too low to just stay there. So I moved back to my tried and true. You're on like a folding dinner table with my my twenty dollar, you know, office chair rolled up. I'm sitting on one of those pillows because it's so uncomfortable. So hey, this is scrappy. We're talking scrappy podcast. Scrappy do podcasting. <laughs> You heard it first here, folks, <laughs> on Geeks in the Green Room, or as Lori tried to call it, Gigger, and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to, and then I like, yeah, now I name things Gigger, G-I-G-R, Geeks in the Green Room. Oh, I didn't even get what that meant for, I was like, uh-oh, I don't know what a Gigger is. No, Hurry. no, don't Urban. worry. I Now I get it. <laughs> it isn't the new happening word. I mean, we could spread it across the country, but you know. Let's start now. Let's start now. It is so lovely to be here with you on Gigger. (laughs) Oh, I like it. You can come and be my (laughs) debtor. The wonderful thing about Giggers. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Giggers are wonderful things. (laughs) 
I feel like we're doing a Dr. Seuss thing now. Oh, maybe we are. <laughs> Does this feel like radio? I mean, this is what's so much fun. It's like, it's not live, but it feels like we're live. We're live. We're yes. live. It's, it's live delayed for other people. Delayed live. Delayed. I like that. Hashtag <laughs> delayed live. Gigger. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm calling you every work. We should have like, we should just have a regular thing, Carrie. That's just, <laughs> I've decided somehow you'll have to squeeze me into your very busy schedule. Oh, stop. <laughs> Easily done. Stop. Okay. We'll talk. We'll, we'll talk offline about that. Excellent. So I was trying to find the email where you talk, you were talking about being a, a mature woman and having a career in LA. And I think it'd be fun to start there if you want to. Can you? Tell me about that because you're doing really well. I mean, before COVID, <laughs> <laughs> and even now, I mean, even now you're working. So I don't, it's I don't true. mean to disparage Netflix at all. Not that. That no, no, Netflix. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Well, I think this is funny to have this conversation with you, who is getting cast as the ingenue at forty. And I think <laughs> what it speaks to is like everyone's path is everyone's path, and I've done this all my life. And in my 20s, tried to come to LA. But wow, what a bubble I was in. Uh, everything had always come so easily to me. I assumed, uh, you know, Hollywood would be, be so happy that little Carrie Madsen had showed up. And nothing could have been further from the truth. And, you know, I just hear these nice pats on the back going, you're so talented, you're so good. And I'd go, great. So how do you work? Like, I didn't understand the business at all. And, uh, Actually, that was damaging only because I took all the hits really personally and internalized them and then limped my way back to Northern California going, I never want to act again as long as I live. Like all the joy had gone out of it because, mm. because I was young and, and didn't, I don't know if I didn't allow people in my life to be mentors or if they just weren't showing up then. Unsure. I'm pretty stubborn. It could have been me. <laughs> I just, yeah, if I had a time machine, I could answer that. However, <laughs> so flash forward, like my being didn't let me give it up forever, even though I, I wanted to only, I wanted to control it and keep it very safe and in, in my, um, in the parameters of being a, a loving, fun thing that I did. And flash forward to my late 30s, uh, I was teaching, uh, I kind of morphed more into a teacher and was teaching what had always been a weak spot in my triad of musical theater, which was dance. And so I turned into a, I was running a dance program for a school. Uh, <laughs> and I know it's kind of strange to think about, but I think I needed to learn about that. And I needed to pass on what I felt like I didn't received that I had needed. So I'm there and I'm doing a show a year because I had a, a family and that felt like a fair, you kind of disappear from the rest of your life when you do a show, right? Mm -hmm. So that felt like an okay um, agreement to have within our family. And that was all really great. And then the family, so sidebar story that I won't go into, it was gone all of a sudden. Everything disappeared and it was just me with um 
a story of betrayal and and um what and personal <laughs> disillusionment and explosion having happened and from that place i it was like an epiphany such a dumb one like when i was 5 <laughs> years old i th- i have these epiphanies that i think i'm the first person i have that has ever thought this in the world and that's so not the case but i was like oh life can really turn on a dime <laughs> like wow uh Again, everything it just always comes so easily to me. A good work ethic, you want it, you work for it, you get it, okay. And this was, I didn't ask for this. I didn't um, invite it and it still happened. Woo, okay. If that's the case, I swear I'm getting to the point of your question. Oh no, if that's okay. That's... <laughs> I'm, I'm totally into this. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Totally. If, if that could happen, now I get what... What do I want to do with my life? Like if I were to die tomorrow, what would I just be so sad I didn't do? And it came to me in a flash. Like there wasn't even, if my brain gets involved, I mess myself up. My brain was not, it went from heart to to being. To mouth. It was like, yeah, heart to mouth. <laughs> from my heart to God's mouth. No. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> uh, it... It was, I need to go back to acting and performing, and I really need to do it on my terms, and I need to do it to my satisfaction, and I need to not give up because it gets hard, mm-hmm. and that was the biggest thing, like no quitting. So hence, at, at 39, I was like, all right, I'm doing this. So the first thing I did, because I was most familiar with stage, was I went, I need to get my equity card. I need to... Uh, start training again and get back into uh, doing theater. And so I auditioned for some local shows. So I was a Bay Area girl at the time. And we have amazing, uh, actually, we had amazing non-professional and professional theaters in the area at that Mm -hmm. time. Um, That's when AMT was still around. And so I was auditioning and getting cast as support roles at the big theaters, the big professional theaters, and as leads in the um, the community theaters. And from there, it was TheaterWorks, Blessed TheaterWorks, that offered me a contract and to get my equity card. Wow. Or Merrily We Roll Along. Yeah, it was <gasps> really so cool. I know. that show. It's such an amazing show. It's a well, hard show. It's time. a really hard show. <laughs> Yes. Do you know they're making a movie yes. of it? Yes, that, I do. Oh my gosh. And he's doing it like boy, uh, where they will they will age with the actors. So the, they're filming it in reverse. So they're starting young right. and they're going to follow the actors as they age. Well, that's going to take, it's like a boy, uh, what was that? Boyhood. Boyhood. I Are said they boy, do- but it's boyhood. Yeah, yeah. boyhood. Are they, that means they're going to take several years to do it then? Oh my God. I didn't know about that part of it. Cause I know from watching, Oh, her name is escaping me. She was in that. She's great. She's a great actress. She's playing the female lead is very, very talented. She actually was, ha ha. Here's full circle for you. Yes. Within hairspray. I think on Broadway, not oh. the original, but she, she did hairspray professionally. And I That's can't remember her cool. name. That's okay. We could look her up, but I kind of like not reaching for my phone every second. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was yeah, in Book Smart. Do you know that the indie film? Uh, yeah, and I still haven't watched that. It is on my list that oh. Olivia Wilde directed. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. That's right. She's, well, you'll, if you haven't seen her, her name is like, ah, Beanie Feldman. Nicely done. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you geeks out there, I know you're going to hit me up on this one. If you hear this podcast and you say, no, you didn't get her name right, you didn't get the facts straight. Well, I didn't research Beanie Feldstein for this podcast. I was researching my friend Carrie Madsen. So her name, which I got wrong talking to Carrie, is Beanie Feldstein, as I said, and she was not in Hairspray. In fact, I found an article that said she resisted playing something that was kind of a typecasted role for her, and it played to her strengths as an actress later on. So now, back to our regularly scheduled or unscheduled podcast. She's very talented. Anyway, so I, because I was looking at a biopic that she had done, something, oh, See, this is not being prepared because I can't remember what the hell these things are called. Something about girl. It's a biopic about this young woman who started like when she was 16 or 17. She's, I think, Welsh. Her family was scraping by and she got a job as a reporter, like a rock reporter. And they did it as a joke, like the newspaper. And then she ended up being really good because she was a really smart kid. And then she got into some trouble. I can't help myself. I have to interject here. How to Build a Girl is a 2019 British coming-of-age comedy film from a screenplay by Caitlin Moran based on the 2014 novel of the same name by Moran. That sounds really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Find, find that movie and watch it, you know, somewhere. But anyway, so sorry, we we're going back. No, no. To... And I hope I'm right about the Merrily uh, movie because I I remember hearing that, but now when you're going really, I'm going. Did I make that up? <laughs> no, no, I no, uh, no. I'm I'm pretty sure you must be right. I just didn't know that part of the story. And um, she's really young, and I I know that the way they did it on Broadway is they cast really young, uh, really young people. And you know the show did. There's a excellent. Have you seen the documentary about the show on Netflix? I, I don't think I have. I think I watched the documentary on Company, but not on. You have to see Merrily. it because okay. it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. Ooh. Yeah, because it was on Broadway for like five days. It closed so fast. Actually, Merrily, we roll along. <laughs> Ran on Broadway for 44 previews and 16 performances in 1981. I wasn't that far off. And oh, so it talks Lord. about like how they thought it was going to be his best show and it closed really fast. The public didn't understand it and uh, the impact it had on different people. Because the guy who played George Constanza, he was in it. He went on to have a big career. And a couple, like one other person, he had a pretty good career on Broadway. I think he's still acting. I've seen him in movies, but some of the other people like left show business, it just crushed them. So yeah, it's sad, oh. but it's really, really, um, it's good. I'm actually Facebook friends with somebody yeah, who was like in course. the ensemble. I found him through somebody else. Oh. So anyway, that's kind of fun. That's anyway, cool. So Merrily, yeah. to go back no, to you, that's so fun. Goes back to Merrily. So Merrily, yeah, yeah. It all goes back to Merrily, which is going back. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I oh one thing I love so not only did theater works offer to take Carrie out of um, the world of non-professional and and give her this opportunity uh, 
well, now I just have to side by that. I'd always been in love with theater works. Like I grew up at the Palo Alto Children's Theater. And so theater works is its bigger, older, oh, older sibling, right? In the same um, theater complex. And they were starting out back then when I was doing my mm. kids shows. So I saw like the creativity that was in Palo Alto and in that community right then was huge. And so they were doing like these awesome creative productions of Jesus Christ Superstar. They did a, a version of Working that I think I wow. saw three times. Like it was so good. They would do Oliver every year. And that was with the kids like coming <gasps> up out of trap doors. And oh, I just, would, yeah, it was, it was so inspiring as a kid. Like I want to be at theater works. And uh, so it took me until my late thirties. <laughs> I think I used to write them letters too, like in high school. Please or maybe before, me. can you do Bye Bye Birdie and Annie? <laughs> As if. <laughs> you know the funny thing about Bye Bye Birdie? That I saw like some older crop of, of kids when I was coming up. And I was like in, you know, elementary school or something. They did it. And, you know, adults get really sick of it, but it's really a great show for kids. And then when I got to school and I was I was talking to the guy who is our musical director, he did everything. I don't know how he did it. I said, oh, it'd be fun to do Bye Bye Birdies. I'm never doing that show again. <laughs> you missed your time. By like that eight sticks. years or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, oh. So they ended up doing, I have to say, I do not. Let's see. Did, is it hell? No, I did Hello Dolly later. What What is it that we did? Oh, Auntie Mame. Oh, sorry. I just really, I really hate that show. So, you know, you have four years, you know, for, it's like a mini career. Like you like, okay, I know I'm not going to get cast as a freshman, but maybe I'll get something as a sophomore. And I sophomore got a little part and then they did MAME. And I was just like, I wanted to be Gooch. Yeah. You'd be so good. Oh, thank you. Uh, it was too high and oh. I always had confidence issues and stage fright and stuff like that. So I never got really big roles, which was probably a good idea. Um, but yeah, I felt out of the four years, I was really resentful that they did that show. It wasn't anti-mame. What is it called? What is the No, it is oh, mame. Oh, it's just called mame. Yeah. Mame. The straight, the mame. mame. Exclamation point. Well, yes. Mame. <laughs> it is musical theater after all. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to write a show for Aunt Eller in Oklahoma because I feel like she is very untapped as like this mature woman. But really, she wasn't that old if you think about the times. And I think there's a big backstory right. there. And I think that musical will be called Eller. <laughs> Well, you know, and of course, funny? I don't play her. I bet. Well, you know what? Wait, let's think about this for a second. Let's regroup. I bet the character's name is Ella. And because it's the South, it was Eller. I never thought about this. You think that's probably think that's she was thing? probably so much. Yeah, there was probably so much more um, elegance and depth <laughs> to that poor woman than we saw. Well, you're a writer and um, with some heavy makeup, you could do it. I don't think she has to be older than I currently am. Who would be running a farm by themselves in Oklahoma? I think with the help of her niece. I, you know what? I love it. And maybe she could have like a tour affair with Judd. <laughs> right? I think she really liked Curly. I think she's bummed when Curly arrives and likes Lori. Yeah. What is it? You know, this conversation came up with um, when I don't know who where I saw this conversation, but it was about um, sense and sensibility. And you know how the Alan Rickman character, 
in that particular version goes for the what's her name? Kate Winslet. Winslet character. And someone says, isn't he like the same age as the mother? Why couldn't they have (laughs) gone together? But of course, we wouldn't really find that romantic. We're so brainwashed or social, socially immersed in these stereotypes. I you can fight them intellectually, but it's really hard when you're brought up on that stuff. Absolutely. Well, and that is in the story that she can't see him that way. Yeah, that's right. You know, there is chemistry and and attraction. Like it wasn't going on for him. Yeah, well, I mean, and you have to think about the character is so young and we would say immature, but you have to think about the time period too, like how much real education or exposure to the world, because she just seems kind of silly to us. But look, we're talking about a, a woman from a different time period. So... Totally. I love that. I mean, I could, we could talk this entire time about sense and sensibility. That's just a favorite. Yeah, I love it. And I, I loved uh, Emma Thompson's adaptation. Have you read her book? About the the screenplay? It's got the screenplay and then, of course, of course, of course I bought that. (laughs) Awesome. I can't remember now if when I bought the film, if it was on VHS still or not, but I, if not, I did have the DVD. Wow. Yeah. It is really literally the best adaptation. It's beautiful. Of of Jane Austen's work. So going back to going pro at Theaterworks. Yeah. I'm trying to. So, oh, so here's the other thing that I loved. Uh, Robert Kelly, um, who just retired this year and passed on the rain. So that's kind of cool. So a little shout out to you, Robert. Uh, He cast, he turned a man's role into a role for me. So uh, she was uh, instead a powerful female. Um, They called her Terry, but now I don't remember what the original character was because that was years ago and was it one of the main characters because there was two men no in- oh. no 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 not so not the triangle okay. of the support oh, okay. cast of the friends that come in and out oh, during okay yeah, yeah 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 i love that party scene that was really fun oh my gosh amazing yes i think there was like uh there was like a sports caster an anchor i got to play that part nice that had a couple that had like a couple lines and uh that was fun do you know alterita you know what that theater looks like? It's theater in the round. I don't. Sometime when you're up here again, uh, nothing's going to be open. But it's it's a, <laughs> it's a black box theater in the round. And they have a walkway and they have some sort of like, uh, what do they call it? Like a bird, not a bird's nest, what do they call that? <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is a crow's nest. Yeah, it's like a crow's nest, not a bird's nest. It's a crow's nest area. I don't know how they've used that before. And then... So they have these different levels. And then, of course, you can come in for four, four different directions. And oh, so that imagine, sounds incredible. You imagine doing merrily with four different directions. That was probably yeah, one of the hardest things I've done. That's a lot. Yeah. But I bet it was so cool. I, th- I thought it was really cool. I don't think audiences liked it very much. It's, you know, Sondheim is not warm well, and fuzzy. We're not performing for the audience. <laughs> we're doing this because it feels it's really us. good. It's really for- <laughs> we do it I wish. <laughs> anyway, David David Kelly is that right? He passed Robert oh, Kelly. Robert Kelly. Robert, Robert David Kelly. Kelly's. Yeah. <laughs> so it, that was just super positive, and all like I got to um, understudy Gussie, which a good friend played, and that was 
awesome and plenty of responsibility for me. Like, oh, in a professional theater to understudy, so much pressure. What if she gets sick and I have to? I'm a prep person and a rehearse person, so that's that's a scary place for me, an edge to live on. Yeah. Uh, and then I was also uh, a a children's theater friend. Uh, from long, long ago, he was the stager and choreographer. And so he had me assist him. So I also oh, had that great. position, which was cool. Yeah. It was, wow. it was just great. great. So anyway, equity card, uh, equity shows I did. Um, I worked in Sonora at the Sierra rep, which is just so much fun going and living in the cowboy town and doing really good theater. I think I've been there, believe um, it or not, when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. so fun. Oh, as a kid, yeah, with the ghost town. You talk. You're talking about Gold Country, right? Not not too far from Twain Hearts. Yeah. There's a theater. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. I, I, we saw we saw yeah. Girls Seventy Girls. What was that show called? Something like that. Oh yeah, something like girls, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think a, a show I've only ever seen in like songs from, but I've right. never seen the show. And on I don't its remember. Or it was very silly. I'm sure it's per- perfect for the summer <laughs> and hot. I mean. You know, I don't remember much about it, but I do remember enjoying it. And what a fun place to do a show, for heaven's sake. It's the best. Exactly. Because you go up, they put you up. They either have little apartments or residents in the town want to, like, host an after for six weeks. It's so, it's so cool. And then the quality of the shows is great. They're good, yeah. They're really good. So I did that. I did a tour of cabaret. So I got to work. Um, wow. Uh, that one, it was a fellowship or a um, a collaboration between San Jose American Musical Theater, the Fifth Avenue in um, Seattle, and the um, Ordway in Minneapolis. So we were at each of those three cities for several weeks. And oh. it was, it was, incredibly cool yeah i love that that's a great show great show uh, such a great show dark such a great show. really dark that'd be it's kind of hard to live with some of that dark stuff but the music is so great Ex- yes yes all that exactly what you say <laughs> some shows right yes <laughs> so yeah so that's why at the, this crazy age, here I am starting out. Um, and so I'm having like, a. it was slightly strange to find my feet under me. Like I am of the age where people would be starting to do their character work or they'd have a huge resume behind them. And so, you know, I should be walking in and people going, Carrie, great. How are you? And instead it's like, Carrie who? <laughs> and it, I sort of, I was, you know, I didn't really fit anywhere. And so I've, mm-hmm. that's been, um, the thing for me to overcome, to try and turn into a benefit, but but as you were saying before, the the way we see things is the way we see things, and so people don't really want to see or give a chance. That's a hard thing mm-hmm. for a beginner, a housewife turned actress, you know. Which is how I look on paper, even though I've been doing this all my life. I took that long break. I don't have the credits from 25 to 40 that most women my age would have. Mm -hmm. It's been a a tough thing for my agent. He actually, 
Can I say this? Yeah, I don't really care if I get in trouble. He actually <laughs> padded my resume on the casting website because he was like, Carrie, your talent doesn't match your credits and I'm trying to get you in the room. So he added some shows that as I read it, I was like, oh, that would have been really cool to have been on that. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> my IMDB is honest. It's just the one for that, that works kind of behind the scenes mm-hmm. to get people auditions. You're playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a game. It is a game. And I think that's, that's been cool for me again, as an older person to realize where I am willing to play the game and where the game really doesn't interest me anymore. Yeah, Like there's nothing I want so badly that I will give myself up or do things that radically go against what I believe in or what I think would be fun. Mm -hmm. It's like, nah, pass, pass, pass. (laughs) Hard pass. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> so, when you got your equity card, how what what was the transition like from equity card to going into film and TV? Or were, was your next thing just trying to do more equity shows at that point? Yeah, great question. So, I uh, I can't remember now the order of my shows, but I was feeling pretty like competent and saturated theater wise. And in the Bay Area, I was doing uh, all the things I could, but I was really finding that ceiling of the Carrie who, and I have this Mm -hmm. 40 year old who I know really well and who, you know, who's done this, 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 and this, and this, and this. So it was hard. It, It just... I don't even want to say it was hard because I, I don't see myself as a victim, but that was a special circumstance. Mm-hmm. I um, Theater Bay Area was starting that pilot. It was the first year they did uh, Atlas. Oh, Atlas. I the Atlas program, okay. which was to take, um, you applied, and it was a training program for people who wanted to go to the next level professionally. Oh. I mean, the timing was so, so cool. So we attended like courses and then had to write basically a grant proposal of why I would really like to be an Atlas recipient. I think they chose five of us. I think that was the the number at the time. And I was selected in that inaugural year, which was awesome. Wow. But what I was focused on then was voiceover, thinking that's what I wanted to do. And I actually didn't do anything with it. So I trained really hard. I got this mic. <laughs> I did a demo, all that. But then I was like, nah, it's not, not your bag. Kind of. <laughs> and it's not even that it wasn't my bag. It's like nothing was clicking, you know, when things just like doors were shut. I was like, okay, well, not doing this. And then I got interested in film and TV. And long story short would just be, that I feel like I outgrew the Bay Area. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. get any, the theaters I used to do, commu- uh, community theaters that had a couple contracts. Um, I was getting harder to be the person that they wanted to use a contract for. Mm. Um, usually they liked using those for the guy parts. Um, and then, uh <laughs> Because there is so much wicked talent in the Bay Area. There just really is. They have a lot to choose from it. So it's great. Mm -hmm. But it just, it wasn't as like as much as before. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then the voiceover. So film and TV, hmm, interesting. But there isn't that much casting there. And for whatever reason, all my life, I've heard you would be great in commercials. Nobody wants me in commercials. (laughs) 
ever, ever. It's just never, never clicked for me. So uh, there's some disconnect with that. So there wasn't anything for me in the Bay Area. And so I thought, how does LA sound? Because it was really scary back in the day. But as I tried it on, I was like, no, I think I'd like LA now. And so I took like these test runs. I'd come down and do some casting workshops and stay for the weekend. And I was like, I actually really like it down there. It it just felt right. Mm -hmm. Hence. But we did Scary Cow while I was still... While you were in transition, kind of. And and investigating, yeah. Yeah. Because I'd never done film before. Really? Well, yeah. your training is really good because you didn't do what I consider like community theater acting, which can be quite broad. <laughs> maybe, Any stage acting. Maybe a little yeah. hammy. But, uh, <laughs> on the hammy side. <laughs> I'm definitely on the hammy side. If you put me on the stage, <laughs> all I want is a laugh. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing. It's I guess <laughs> it's honest. <laughs> no, I definitely steer toward that too. That's my favorite. Doing comedy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, and making people laugh. It's the best. Yeah. Except that the stuff that we cast you for was like charity was very dramatic. I looked at that clip again, and um, and then what was the other thing? Why was this? There was something in black and white. Oh, I didn't cast you in it. It was some black and white thing. Did Rajiv cast you in something that was black and white? It was like a mystery or a thriller. And I remember, (laughs) I don't remember who did it. Anyway, I just kind of remember. I don't even know what that is. You don't? Okay. So I guess. If you have that footage, I'd like to see it. I I found it on your page. I found it on your page. Maybe, oh, maybe it wasn't you. I didn't. But that it. one's not. Yeah, because that one, the one, the only thing I have in black. Oh, wait, I have two in black and white. You're right. I have the women. Uh, someone did an adaptation, a screenplay of the, the story, the women. Yeah, not the women. Stronger. That's what it was called. Okay. It was, so that was two women. And then the other black and white I have is way comic. I'm a drunk. Oh, oh, oh. Then that's not it. I don't housewife. know. Oh, my gosh. Talking about funny. Okay. Since you're talking about funny, ask Jay. I've only seen that one episode. I thought that was really, really well done. You're very funny. And you're, <laughs> you really like slide that knife in and tweak it just a little bit. <laughs> I thought, well, this is a great part for you, Carrie. You're not like it was life, really fun when he poured the coffee. I'm like, oh, this is so like Buster Keaton. <laughs> it's uh, slow mo. It's not slow mo, but I mean, he pours the whole cup over your head. Uh, that was so much fun. Yes, and because we were kind of on a budget for that, he uh, only got one a- cup of coffee. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, it's true. We had one pour because they weren't going to like, you know, they didn't have identical wardrobe and a team of people ready to blow dry my hair and get it all ready again. It was like, get it right this first time. It's like, okay. So they had like 40 cameras, right? So they can't, they can't afford, they can't afford, they can't afford a cup of coffee, but they'll get out like six iPhones and iPads. I love that. Nope. Nope. I'm just kidding. We were totally risky. (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty funny. And I was impressed by the acting and you know what I've noticed? I don't know. This is, you can tell me because you're the pro. I think one of the things that seems to distinguish like kind of people who are still getting their chops and people who are like up to speed is how fast they talk. 
They take, oh. they take the air out of everything. And I'm like, God, cause some people talk so fast. And the funny thing in podcasting, I'm trying to encourage people to, sl- to slow, slow down. down. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think the ability to actually to, to do either speed is what would be a pro because different shows, different, um, I mean, comedy is generally fast. Yeah. Uh, sometimes really but, fast. Right. But some shows, you know, they all, that's what casting will tell you, know, the, the tempo and the, um, there's a word. Like they the tone. It w- would, yes. Thank you. That's the word I wanted. Is that the, is it, it was, fa- it was, it was eluding me. Oh. Yeah. Know the tone of your show yeah. and the tempo, like the Grey's Anatomy, um, that all the Shonda Rhyme shows, they talk fast. Oh. Really fast. So those auditions, I mean, it's know your lines and then be able to spit them out and have them be real. Did you try out for Grey's Anatomy? I did. I had a couple. I was really bummed because A, because I loved that show in the early years. Like I was a devoted follower. Mm-hmm. And then B, it was one of those shows like um, Criminal Minds in, um, oh no, what is it? Uh, Law and Order in New York that like every actor should have on their resume, right? Yeah. Uh, so I kind of felt a little bummed that I wasn't able to to get in there. Can you, can you remember what part you tried out for? No, oh, that would be really no. interesting. Cause I've watched the show multiple times. I'm a little addicted to it. Ah. It's gotta be escapism at this point. Absolutely. So what mm-hmm. is escapism for you right now? Oh my gosh. Now she's turning the tables on me. Um, I did. I, I binge watch community and I love it. I think it's so smart and so funny and so in creative. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to say that particular word, but in the beginning, I was like, I watched the first episode and I'm like, I don't know, this guy's kind of a jerk. And then I thought, give it a try, Heather, because I make very snap decisions. And I watched three episodes. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm liking this. And then it just got more and more weird and crazy. And have you seen it? I have seen episodes. I haven't like become a follower and I haven't binged it. Okay. I mean, they really, sometimes they adopt almost like a genre uh, it, uh, there, there's like a, an animated one. There's a, cl- not claymation. It's, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it's, it, it's very interesting. And that's I, so cool. Yeah, and I like, I like an ensemble cast because you can bring in yes. more diversity, you know, which yes. makes it interesting. But anyway, so I love ensemble cast being yeah. in and watching. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that you just, there's more stories there and you, in case you like kind of go off on one character, you have other characters you can enjoy kind of thing, but yeah. Uh, and I have to admit that these days I'm watching a lot of Hallmark movies. <laughs> I just, it's just exactly the speed I'm at. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. This is, I feel, says it all, doesn't yeah, it? I'm such a regular promoter. Okay. So anybody listening, if you're into Hallmark movies, this is great paid streaming called friendly. Cause it's like family friendly and it's basically all the Hallmark channels. There's three of them. There's the, what is it? Mysteries and drama or dramas and mysteries. And then the classic one. And then I think there's a third one. I forget what it's called. Romance probably. No, but it doesn't say romance like in the subtitle, oh, okay. but they're all romance. Okay. The ones that are mystery and drama, the stories are a little bit deeper. So they're, and sometimes there actually is kind of a mystery in there somewhere. And it actually, that's another story. But I met a woman on the way to go to LA. I think I told you this when I saw you. Oh, yes. Line who lives like, I don't know, like, you know, two miles, three miles from me. 
who writes Hallmark movies. It's too cool. Yeah, you were definitely meant to meet her. I was meant to meet her. So we got together a couple times, but she's super busy and she has a a young child. So, oh, yeah, yeah. But it was it was neat to meet her. Anyway, this is this show is not called The Heather Show or The Heather Hour. It's called (laughs) Gigger. Gigger. Giga, Giga. Giga. So after you did some stuff up here, we went on a, a rabbit hole there. It was such a fun one. Yeah, that was great. I love talking about what people are streaming. Yeah. What are you what are you streaming? Well, I'm a big PBS person, but mm-hmm. not I'm not I mean Bolko watches the news hour. Bolko, for those of you who don't know what I just said, is the name of my partner. It's an ancient family name and uh it's very unusual. So that's what a Bolko is. He will watch the PBS News Hour, and I know they have great like documentaries and things too. But no, I watch Masterpiece Theater. Yes, of course, <laughs> or American Masters. That can be fun. Too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and I, funnily, while I am dubbing foreign voices out of foreign programming for Netflix, what I'm really into right now is subtitled television. So I'm watching oh. stuff out of um, Finland and uh, oh, this Norwegian one that was on HBO actually called The Beforeners. I thought it was fantastic. Huh. And then my sister on PBS had me watch Professor T and that was just the most beautiful. I could see you liking this beautiful, quirky. It's a crime show, but there's so much more to it. It was, it was amazing. Huh. Um. That just reminded me, did you ever watch Slings and Arrows? Oh my God. I, I feel the need to sh- do a shout yes, out to Slings and Slings Arrows and right Arrows. now. I am, I am, for those of you who can't see me, only Carrie can, I am bowing and doing And I'm bowing too. To bowing. We're both bowing. I own it. And I'm really bummed because there's, I think episode one of the second series is scratched. And, oh. and so, and it's the first episode because that's when Rachel McAdams wants to do Romeo and Juliet. She, she's like, but she's in love with the lead actor who's going off to do a movie. I just terrible. It's so, so I mean, if I could good. ever do, those are like my dream parts, like to do oh, a slings and arrows, like God. this weird sleeper ensemble thing or a, you know if Christopher Guest ever did like his waiting for Guffman like that kind of ensemble that's what I would dream of yes I wanted to I, that's the kind of thing that inspired me I've been trying I haven't tried recently but I was trying to write a web series based in community theater oh yeah we talked about that I thought that was yeah. a brilliant idea thank you uh I I just uh I was kind of stalled it's just uh-huh. I've Doing a series like much different than trying to attempt to do a screenplay. <laughs> a screenplay begins and ends, and then you're done. Right, right. But a web well, series, interesting. The arts you're watching. Are, you know, you're watching Community, and I think that's interesting because that might that might just inform how you want to write that show. Like yes. you might pick it up again. Yes, and I, I like. I've been a lot of the stuff. You know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking: Is this the tone that I'm interested in? Is is this the speed? Is this the speed of how people talk interesting to me? Um, is the snarkiness the level I'm interested in? So I'm always got kind of the, you know, the writer's ear. I mean, yes, I do it as a self-medication, but I also do it <laughs> because <laughs> I love it. You know, I love it. Right. And um, right. you're con- not Heather if you're not doing I, it. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I watched all of Parks and Rec. In the beginning, I didn't want to watch it either. and ended up absolutely adoring Parks and Rec. I love 30 Rock. It is so <sighs> bent. Um yeah. 
And nice word. it's interesting because you get 30 Rock and, you know, you get the Amy Poehler and the Tina Fey who are really good friends and their comedy is really that the shows are really different. Yeah. So, and then, um, and then community, I think community strikes this really interesting balance of there is some snark, but, and it, but it's smart. And it also, there's some sweet, it has a lot of elements that I like, like that, that recipe is really like good. And they're just beyond creative. I'm like, I don't think I would take my show in the direction that they do, but you got, you got to at least watch some of the paint. There's a couple paintball ones and they're just, just, okay. I will look those up. That's my homework. I love that. It's just, you're saying paintball. I'm like, like, Oh yeah, yeah, I need to watch that. You got to watch that one. I can't remember (laughs) if it's Halloween or what. The Halloweens are really good. Yeah, but we were talking about Slings and Arrows. So you know that was that was designed to be, they wrote all three years in advance. It was designed to be the beginning of a man's life, his prime, and the end of his life. And that they, they were very intelligent about the way they decided Ugh. to do that. Uh, and there was always Shakespeare. one Shakespeare production Shakespeare that was Shakespeare focused doesn't... on for that season. It's yes. just, it's and the mirroring of, of the people's lives Ugh. as to what's going on. And of course, Ugh. they're like, they're amazingly trained. So when they do the Shakespeare stuff, you're like, you feel like you're eating this amazing meal. You yes. Know? So good. People. Gigger, gigger listeners, <laughs> if you have not seen Slings and Arrows, you are, that's abusing yourself. <laughs> In all ways that you can consider. I don't even have a microphone to lean into. Mine's like glued to my head next to my earphones. Um, yeah. And I think you can stream it on Amazon Prime. But, I bet you can. But It used to be on Hulu, but I think they took it off. Oh, I couldn't resist. I had to look it up because I really want you theater lovers to watch this. If you've never seen it, Slings and Arrows can be viewed on Acorn TV. I know you can probably find it in a variety of ways, but right now I'm looking at the Amazon page and you can you can set up a seven day free trial through Amazon if you're a Prime member. So I am not a proponent of these different platforms, but I am a proponent of people watching Slings and Arrows. So you have your walking papers. Get to it. Well, when that I was years ago, I, you know, hell, just just hell. buy the fucking series. <laughs> I thought you can play it as many times as you want to. I mean, I like I'll watch it. I'm like, oh, God, so satisfying. And I'm like, going, well, how long should I wait? So I feel like I've forgotten a little bit of it so I can watch it again and it will be fresh because I, I said, watch it. I'm ready for another watch. Oh my yes. God. Maybe yes. we should do a watch party. That would be, Ooh, would that's that be a fun? cool idea. Yeah. You could do it for the gigger community. I c- that's an interesting idea. Dude, right? Wow. I never thought, I don't know. Could I do that? I bet that would be really interesting. If Netflix has it, they, I guess they have that they don't, watch party. Yeah. They, oh. It's not on they Netflix. They don't have Okay. Could you talk We're going to figure this out. <laughs> Could you talk? <laughs> you know, I think even Hulu's adapting some sort of watch party thing, but that would be, that'd be pretty It'd be really funny. funny. It so goes with oh. the green room. Oh yeah. No, it's so, oh my God. It's so great. Oh, anyway, I could talk about things in there. Okay, well, wait, wait, wait. And you know that Paul Gross is married to um, the, uh, the redhead. Oh, terrible. his girlfriend. Yeah. 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 He, they're married. I did not know that. You did That's not very know that. cool. And he, That's a perfect couple. Yeah. And, you know, they're both an alias Grace. Have you seen that on Netflix? No. Ooh, 
That is Margaret Atwood. That's a Margaret Atwood oh. um, adaptation. Oh, that it's based on. Wait, a series or a film? It's a it's a limited series on Netflix. Okay. <gasps> you, you you really this is like okay. PBS on steroids. I I think it's so good. Damn. It's um, I'm in because they have the you know they have the budget that sometimes PBS doesn't or whatever. Sometimes PBS stuff is glorious. Anyway, I'm not I am not bashing PBS. I love PBS. Anybody who's listening cares. <laughs> Probably don't give a flying whatever. But uh, I would have a problem if you dissed PBS. Oh no no! I grew up on PBS, girl. <laughs> I saw Girl Jewel in the Crown the first time it was on. Was <laughs> oh my god, so that bad. is diehard PBS. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch it with my mom every Sunday night. Was, I watched it and go to bed. Um, uh, yeah, so Paul Gross, who is now completely his hair is white. Oh my god! So hot. <laughs> <laughs> My my screen just steamed up, people. Oh, just giving you the visual. Girl, Paul Gross, all you Good women out there. Good thing she's not in her closet. She would be a puddle. <laughs> I, know, I, I would be, and I'm at that time of the life. It's not hard to get me there. Um, but uh, yeah, this is definitely getting an E rating. But um, yeah, Paul Gross is hot, and then his wife, and they're very. They're, they have wonderful chemistry together, and she's. I hope so. And you know, she she teaches Shakespeare. At one point, she was teaching children Shakespeare. That was like when she wasn't acting. The woman who oh, plays neat. his girlfriend, who is his wife, and it's terrible. Okay, hold on a second. That's cool. Hold on, hold on. I'm hold on. Okay, I'm gonna do music while Heather does something. Do 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 do. And she's back. <laughs> and she has to take her glasses off. All right, Paul Gross, Mark McKinney. Oh yes, real. Um, Martha Burns. He's married to name. Martha Burns. Yeah, she's terrific. Oh my god! And Sarah Polly is in this, which is interesting. Oh my gosh. I, I I I don't think when I've watched it that I've recognized that Sarah Paul that Sarah Polly she's she's quite good I do like her yeah she's in the second season she's the classical act young actress <gasps> oh yes who just hates that oh my god the musical <laughs> oh my god. have you lived have you watched the extras on that where they like, no. Because I don't have the DVDs. I gave the DVDs to someone as a gift, but I know I'm seeing I'm jealous. You know what? I'm ordering those today. You have to order it. I'm just ordering just those today. I this is just a, silly. You know, I'm depriving little... myself. The, and it's um, I mean, they're not fabulous. They're they're extras before extras got really sexy. But it is fun because you know who co who also co-wrote this, who has a role in it, is the 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 silent suffering uh, administrator director what's her name um um oh shoot you're bringing it all back i'm trying to find okay. her name on this something that i watched i'm going to tell this story while you find her name yeah i watched religiously was anne of green gables that's oh, like God. one of yes. my stories so I it was the VHS the, what, for that okay okay thank you <laughs> exactly all right so the gilbert in that i just you know, long for, and he's in slings and arrows. He has that small role and he's wonderful. And I went there. He is, he grew up and he's, I still like him. I know. Isn't it funny? He was so adorable with that cute, curly, floppy hair. 
yeah. in Anne of Green Gables. And here he is in that funny. Okay. So that, that woman's name who is brilliant. She's Susan Coyne. And she's the, she's the third writer. Excuse me. I'm spitting because oh. I'm so excited. So Mark McKinney, <laughs> Susan oh. Coyne, and who is this a third person? Oh, for heaven's sakes. Uh, she doesn't really like the show, you guys. Otherwise, you'd know this. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You know who did it? It's the guy who wrote The, the Sleepy Pe- Chaperone. Oh, Drowsy Chaperone. The Drowsy Chaperone. Oh, The that's... Sleepy Chaperone. That was like... That, <laughs> that, was, that was the knockoff. <laughs> that was... Exactly... <laughs> Um, what is that 10 part mini series? Look, look at, I can actually show you. I have this. Hey, you do. Oh my God. Bob, Bob Martin. Wait, Bob. There you go. Bob, yeah. Bob Martin and Bob Martin had a small part. Remember and, with the, when they were doing, he comes, uh, when, uh, Paul Gross comes on, they said, well, what do I have to do? And they're like, you have to teach a, a show on leadership development. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, you're kidding me. He says, no. And then. He gets in there and then there's all these like, it's like from a plastics plant. It's just so funny. So anyway, that he has a small role. He teaches him. He does a monologue. Do you remember the, the, the guy does a monologue? See, it's time for you to watch it. If you don't, remember. it's totally time for me to watch it. Anyway, again. I admit this, 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 I mean, I'm completely inspired too. <laughs> like it will be happening probably when I leave my closet. Oh my God. <laughs> That is inspired. I've done my job. I've at least inspired <laughs> you one have. today. That's all. That's my life's purpose. But okay. So anyway, this is not the Slings and Arrows show. This is this is the Carrie Madison not- show. For heaven's sake! You know, I when you write your um, web series for community theater, I really want to be on one episode as like as someone who comes and is just so insufferable, either as a director or as like a guest actress. That, Absolutely. But everyone that that just is makes it horrible for everyone. Like she shouldn't be there. <laughs> so either I'm pushing them to be more professional because I'm professional. <laughs> or <laughs> well, let, let me tell you, let me ask you this. Hey Giggers, I hope you enjoyed episode one with Carrie Madsen. Remember that there's episode two and three with her as well. So stay tuned. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we had making it. Check out the show notes for info and links mentioned in the show. You've also been listening to Scott Joplin's The Strenuous Life from 1902, generously provided here by Ragnar Helsbong's wonderful website, ragsrag.com. Share the love by giving us an awesome review and rating on Apple Podcasts. And please pass the show around to your friends and family. And remember to subscribe here wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you want to get into the act, like the Geeks in the Green Room Facebook page. I'm your host, Heather Morrison. See you next time on Geeks in the Green Room.